Blog Talk Radio. DVB's media production is a part of the Shellcaster Network. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ with your host, Stevie R. Butler. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show.
you're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Good evening. We have you out in the world listening to this radio broadcast. Stevie B's Media Production presents What a Word from the Lord radio show. I'm your host, Stevie R. Butler. And this radio show is being broadcast from Stevie B Media Production at the Carolina Studio in the great state of North Carolina. Ladies and gentlemen, we are just grateful for the privilege to be able to bring you a program where we as Christians and members of the Church of Christ can share our faith and preach and teach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ on a weekly basis. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air this evening, just give us a call to the live show at 713 955 Zero five zero eight. If you have any questions or comments for any of my special guests and my co-hosts on this broadcast, you can send your emails to my new email address, butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com, or you can give me a call at Stevie B's Media Production Studio at 910-491-6405. Now, again, this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ, and if you need any assistance in locating a congregation in your area, please, please feel free to contact us. Now, folks, get out your Bibles and study along with us here on What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a special treat for you tonight. This is the last, well, it's the fourth Tuesday of the month. And on the Stevie B's Media Productions, uh, What a Word from the Lord radio show, I had to change my programming around because we got some new productions that we kicked off earlier uh, in the fall. We had the Mid-Tennessee Singles Ministry that kicked off every third Tuesday of the month. They're doing an outstanding work. And also the Kelly Fletcher show starts a couple of weeks ago. So now she's on every fourth Tuesday of the month on What a Word from the Lord radio show. So tonight, ladies and gentlemen, you're in for a treat because Kelly has a great topic that she's going to be discussing, and we're looking forward to having her and her guests on the broadcast this this evening, Tina Fox. Enjoy your listening experience with the Kelly Fletcher Show. Enjoy the show. This is Terry Jackson, and you're listening to a talk with my sisters on What a Word from the Lord radio show. Good evening, everyone. My name is Kelly Fletcher, and I'm your co-host. I'm a member of the Livingstone Church of Christ in Indianapolis, Indiana, and you're listening to A Talk With My Sisters. I'm thankful to God for allowing us to share another conversation that will encourage, edify, educate, and help women to improve spiritually, mentally, and physically. As always, I pray that it will do the same for the men in our listening audience. October is a month set aside to bring awareness to domestic violence. However, as we all know, domestic violence can occur every and any day of the year. Tonight, we will be discussing domestic violence, a pandemic within a pandemic. And I have a very special guest joining me this evening, Tina Fox, who is a member of Schrader Lane Church of Christ in Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome, Tina, and thank you so much for being a part of today's show. Can you please introduce yourself? Hi, how are you? I am well, thank you, and thank you very much for inviting me. Yes, I am Tina Fox, and I am a member, as you have already stated, of the Schroeder Lane Church of Christ in Nashville, and I am an assistant director of programs at the Tennessee Coalition to End Domestic and Sexual Violence. And so I have been doing uh, victim work 
uh, for over 10 years now. I retired as the state director of victim services for the Tennessee Parole Board in 2019, working specifically with crime victims for approximately seven years. And now I am doing some nonprofit work uh, at the Tennessee Coalition to End Domestic and Sexual Violence. I am honored uh, to be here on this evening, as you've already stated, to talk more about domestic violence. And yes, it is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. So thank you for having me, Kelly. Yes, ma'am. And thank you so much for accepting the, the invitation. I, I truly appreciate it. Um, to get right into it, um, I used to think that domestic violence um, was exclusive to physical abuse, but mm-hmm. I learned that isn't actually accurate. So can you tell us what is domestic violence? Yeah, that's a very good question to lead this discussion. Domestic violence is a pattern. We have to understand that word pattern. So domestic violence pattern of coercive controlling behavior that can take the form of, as you mentioned, physical, but in addition to physical, sexual, financially, emotionally, spiritual, uh, those types of abuses. And um, the unique thing about domestic violence is it does not have any boundaries. In other words, it doesn't matter how rich you are or how poor you are or how black you are or how white you are. It has no boundaries. And what we have found in our research is that, in addition to the definition, we have found that domestic violence is preventable. So you said it is preventable. Absolutely. Domestic violence is preventable because it's a choice. Uh, typically that a male makes to batter, to have this power and control. We'll talk a little bit more as we get into the conversation, and thus it is preventable. So a man doesn't have to hit a woman, right? A woman doesn't have to hit a man. It's a choice. And we can't blame it on drugs and alcohol. Uh, Before you take that uh, alcoholic beverage, you are making a choice. So right. alcoholism is preventable. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense, yes. And it's, uh, it, it's like anything else. We have a choice. Yeah. And we can either choose to do the right thing or we can choose to do the wrong thing. Absolutely. But like you and said, I think... we'll, we'll... No, go right ahead. I Go right ahead. No, just to that point, you know, Dr. King's, on the phrase is always the right time to do the right thing. And so, That's right. Um, it, is a, it is a choice, yes. That's right. Um, domestic violence, and, and I attended um, a, a presentation that you had uh, a few weeks ago. And mm-hmm. one thing that you mentioned, and I'm kind of mixing up the questions a little bit, but uh, yeah. one thing you mentioned is domestic violence is a hidden pandemic within a pandemic. Mm. Can you explain that? Mm. Say that one more time. Domestic violence is a hidden pandemic with pandemic. Yeah, yes, it is. And I wanted you to repeat that so that we can understand that uh, right now there are several pandemics within this 
pandemic, this COVID-19, and the impact that COVID-19 has had on domestic violence. Uh, The pandemic has overshadowed the national conversation about domestic violence, as it has with uh, most things. But when you look at domestic violence, um, it affects all of us. Mm-hmm. Christians and non-Christians, okay? Right. Uh, domestic right. violence is a serious public health problem that affects millions of Americans every day. So when we look at the pandemic of COVID-19 and the fact that uh, the pandemic has overshadowed the national conversation about domestic violence, that's exactly what we need. If and when it is not getting the attention that it deserves, and it affects millions of Americans. That's what we declare it as a pandemic, a pandemic within the pandemic. And one of the things I want to pause and say here is that uh, what we know is from those who report domestic violence, uh, my biggest concern, my gravest concern has always been those who don't report it, those who live in the confines of domestic violence and don't report it. That's alarming. That's very scary uh, to me, and it should be for all of us uh, because we can't help those who don't report, right? We tend to help those who are reaching out, and so that's why it's considered a pandemic within a pandemic. Another facet to that is. Yeah, because I I was looking at the um, National Coalition Against Domestic Violence website, Mm-hmm. And I noticed where it said 10 million people per year are physically abused by an intimate partner. Mm-hmm. But then they said 20,000, they received, uh, or I'm sorry, 20,000 calls are placed daily to domestic mm-hmm. violence hotlines. Mm-hmm. And I looked at the vast difference between those two members, or numbers, I'm sorry. 10 million Mm -hmm. people per year are physically abused, but they only have recorded 20,000 calls coming into domestic violence hotlines. Am I understanding that correctly? Yes, that that is correct because, uh, again, as I've stated, we have those who don't report. And so uh, those who don't report are not calling the hotline number. Those who are right. reporting and or someone is reporting for them, they're calling that hotline number. However, there is a projection. I mean, we have to project in domestic violence that although uh, 20,000 calls have been received, it has to be more uh, domestic violence abuse uh, than just those who are calling in. So we look at those right. who have reported versus uh, a number that don't report. And again, we are almost always concerned with the group who doesn't report. Indeed, yeah. Now, uh, there was something else you said, um, and then I'll move on. But you mentioned um, domestic violence amongst non-Christians, and Christians. Mm-hmm. And I, when you said that, I was like, interesting, but it goes back to what you said. It has no boundaries. Mm-mm. So domestic violence doesn't, um, it doesn't care if you're a Christian or not. 
And then it goes no, back it to also what we talked about, having a choice to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you're yeah. absolutely right. So when you look at uh, the pandemic, uh, COVID-19, although it uh, primarily affected and or affecting us as African Americans, it still has affected the entire population, right? Right. And so right. uh, domestic violence doesn't have any boundaries, uh, whether we are Christians or not. Uh, one in four women has been uh, abused and or know someone who has. And so when you look at uh, four sisters sitting in a congregation, if we only put four women or four sisters in a congregation, one of those mm-hmm. four uh, could easily testify that they know someone who has been in a domestic violence relationship or they know someone who is currently in a domestic violence relationship or uh, they could attest that uh, they um, are that person uh, who has been wow. in that domestic violence relationship. So it's real, one in four. One, I'm not talking wow. about one in four churches, right? One uh-huh. in four women, one in four sisters, sure. Wow. Okay, um, we we usually hear about domestic violence against women, mm-hmm. but is domestic violence exclusive to women? Yeah, so approximately 85% of all reported, and I'm going back to the word reported, right, about uh-huh. 85% right. of all reported cases of domestic violence are exclusive to women being abused by men. However, it does not negate the fact that there are women who abuse as well. And so uh, studies have shown, and again, these are reported numbers, right? And and we could contend that the number may be higher, but right now it's sitting at about 15% of uh, all domestic violence cases uh, are men calling in and saying, hey, you know, she hit me or she abused me, okay? And and right. we also uh, believe that one of the reasons and the reasons that uh, the numbers for the men are much, much lower than women is because men are embarrassed uh, to call in right. to say, hey, uh, this woman has hit me. And so that, that could be a reason, not necessarily the reason, but uh, it is safe to say that uh, the numbers are much lower, um, and um, the importance of that is that those are the ones who are reporting. Again, we cannot right. get away from those who don't report. So we have to include those who don't report uh, so right. that um, if and when, uh, good Lord's willing, they are uh, ready to report that they can have the same level of resources uh, that those who do report. Okay. Okay. Are there early signs that a person is being set up for abuse? Um, Meaning, for example, is is it safe to say that the offender's initial intention uh, is to gain power and control over the victim, therefore being set up for abuse? Yeah, another excellent question, Kelly. So you're right. When we sum up what domestic violence is, we have to sum it up that it is about power and control. Uh, A man primarily 
uh, wanting and gaining power and control over a woman. Okay, so when we look at um, signs, I don't know if it's early signs because we have to, to note that if a, a sister or a, a woman goes out on a first date with uh, a man and he hits her on the first date, chances mm-hmm. are she's not going to stay for a second date, right? right and she right. would be rather foolish to stay for a second date. And so uh, typically in an abusive relationship, there is grooming that is involved, right? He is setting her up uh, to make her believe that um, he is everything that she has ever needed and or wanted. Mm -hmm. So in terms of early signs, we don't see a whole lot of early signs. We do see red flags along the way. And what we have found out is that those red flags are typically ignored. Why? Because he has groomed her so much that she has become emotionally attached to him. Mm. And you know as well as I know is that once we are emotionally attached, we tend, even as Christians, we tend to forego those red flags. We we tend to ignore those. We tend not to say Mm -hmm. anything because we are emotionally attached. However, when we are logical, we can see those red flags from a distance, right? Because right. Um, right. We, we are not emotional about it. So in terms of those early signs, um, it, it, it's rare that those early signs are seen early, okay? Mm-hmm. Because remember, mm-hmm. his, his, his entire role is to gain power and control, and he does that by grooming her, making sure that she feels good, making sure that, again, she becomes emotionally attached to him. But some of the common signs, mm-hmm. I do want to talk a little bit about some of the common signs as opposed to early signs. You know, if a okay. guy uh, tells a woman, hey, telling you that you never do anything right, he's not going to say mm-hmm. that early on, right, because he's grooming her, okay? It's along mm-hmm. the way you may hear uh, words like, uh, I'm not going to allow you to go to your family's Christmas party this year. Mm. That could be mm. a common sign, okay? Showing extreme jealousy. If, if, if a, a man or a brother is extremely jealous of, yeah. of, of your friends and anytime you're sitting away from him, if he becomes extremely jealous of that, um, that mm-hmm. is a common sign, okay? If he insults or demeans you or demeans a woman, uh, shames mm-hmm. the woman in front of other persons. That's his his purpose is to sh- openly shame. Um, wow. That could be a sign uh, preventing or discouraging you from spending time with your family again. That could be a sign. Okay, destroying wow. your belongings or your home. There are so many common signs. Again, these may not necessarily be early signs because again. He is not going to do these things early on because he hasn't right. finished the grooming process, okay? Um, again, right. if he if he told you on the first night, hey, I don't want you seeing your family anymore, you'll go, what in the world? What is <laughs> right. wrong with you, right? right? I'm, I'm out of here, okay? In fact, I'm uh-huh. telling my brother when I get home to make sure, you know, that you, you, you get this, okay? So we have to know that in terms of early signs, they are not necessarily displayed. 
um, you know, right. in the infancy stage of a relationship is when he has groomed and he feels comfortable enough uh, to say, hey, I got it right where I want it, and then that's when the abuse begins. And that that in itself is scary to think mm-hmm. that someone is setting out to set you up mm-hmm. to control you. Mm-hmm. Is that's that's just yeah that that's a a, a scary concept to me. Sure. And it is, so we definitely um, just have to pay attention. Mm-hmm. And, and be honest when we see those signs. But like you Absolutely. said, once you're emotionally attached, um, it, it's hard to to let go. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think what we're going to do, because we're getting close to a break, um, mm-hmm. I want to hold there and then um, pick up with our next question. Uh, after sure. the break, okay, if that's okay sure. with you. So um, um, I'll turn this over to Brother Stevie for a break, and then uh, we'll follow up with the, the next question. Thank you so much, Thank Tina. You. Thank you. I'm here for it. Thank it you. ain't <laughs> easy, no. Sometimes it gets hard down here, Lord. Sometimes it gets rough, so rough, so rough. Sometimes it gets tough for me. Has anybody been lonely all by yourself? Has anybody been You need to wait 
sis, this is Genesis Archer, and you're listening to A Talk With My Sister on What A Word From The Lord Radio Show. Peace and love. Welcome back, and thank you for sticking with us over the break. Uh, I truly appreciate it. Uh, tonight, um, I am talking to uh, Tina Fox, and we are discussing the domestic violence, a pandemic within a pandemic, uh, a truly, truly uh, important topic. Um, Tina, I, what I wanted, uh, I wanted to ask you, I know we uh, left off with um, – common signs um, uh, of an abuser or that um, someone is going to uh, be abused. Um, What I wanted to find out are the signs of domestic violence different for men than women? Do they they experience the same type of type of sign? Oh, wow, that's an excellent question. Let me first say I was really enjoying uh, the singing. Uh, very good song. I was too. <laughs> yes, I had to put myself on mute so that you all would be able oh, to yeah. hear me project, <laughs> making a draw for Noah. So, anyway, right, me too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So in terms of if uh, those signs are similar uh, for women who are being, uh, keep in mind that uh, domestic violence is about power and control, power and mm-hmm. control. So the motive certainly is the same, okay? However, okay. Uh, a, a woman may not spend as much time trying to groom a man uh, prior to exemplifying domestic violence, okay? Because when, remember, women typically... Uh, we are, I'll be the first to admit that we are more emotional uh, yeah. than men yeah. are. And not to say that men are more logical than we are. What I am mm-hmm. saying is that women are more emotional. And so wow. uh, the power and control for a woman has everything to do with emotions. Okay. okay. Uh, that extreme okay. jealousy uh, is a sign. Uh, that a woman uh, could have the possibility of um, hitting and or assaulting mm-hmm. a man. Mm-hmm. Uh, of mm-hmm. course, she won't do that on the initial night as well, okay, because right. if she did, he would be logical like us and say, hey, hold up, <laughs> wait a minute, right? I'm, I'm right. out of here. Right. You know, the, first thing, the first thing a guy would say or the first thing a brother would say, hey, <laughs> Hey, man, she cra- hey, bro, she crazy, <laughs> right? And so he wouldn't spend right. any, any additional time there. So when we look mm-hmm. at domestic violence, those uh, signs for men and women, we have to note, Kelly, this is very important to note, that domestic violence is about power and control. And a woman does have the capability of having power and control over a man that she, too, has groomed. Okay, the Mm, process may not be as long, but there could be an opportunity for her to engage in domestic violence um, early, earlier than a man. Okay, because remember, we are emotional. Right, right. Okay, that's interesting. Um, 
In your presentation on October 5th, you talked about a cycle of violence. There's mm-hmm. the seduction honeymoon phase. Mm-hmm. Then there's the tension building phase, and, uh, tension mm-hmm. building phase and violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the center of that is love, hope, and fear. Mm-hmm. Can you expound on, on on those phases? Sure. First of all, let me just say you are an attentive listener, okay? And apparently yes, take really good notes. <laughs> Yeah, so the way the, the, the cycle of violence works, uh, it's a repeating pattern. Again, here's this word pattern again, okay, right, of physical right. abuse. And so there is what we refer to as that seduction stage, as you just mentioned. This is the stage where he is grooming, okay? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in that stage, um, he uh, perhaps is showing some physical affection, uh, some physical attention, making promises, uh, and also mm-hmm. apologizing during that time, okay? And then he gets to the tension-building stage. Nothing has has happened physically. He has not physically assaulted at this point, okay? Uh, the tension-building right. stage is a period of increasing pressure, okay? You, you perhaps may see mood swings. Okay? okay, you may even okay. note that he becomes cantankerous, okay, or irritable. He becomes mm-hmm. demanding. That's the attention building stage, okay? Mind you, he has groomed you where you're not on the first date anymore. This could be six right. months to a year, okay? And so we wow. tend to excuse some things, right? We see right. those signs, but we are excusing them. Why? Because we are emotionally attached, okay? And then it right, gets right. to that piece where uh, he explodes. This is where the physical attack happens, okay? Uh, this is mm-hmm. when the abusive outbursts occur. Uh, and it's not mm-hmm. always physical, as we know. It could be emotional, right? It could be right. mental, uh, social. So it's not always physical, but chances are uh, it will be physical, okay? Right. Um, whether it's physical, financially, socially, psychologically, it's all painful, right? Yeah. And it's all considered yeah. domestic violence. And then once he finishes that, he's going to pop up and says, hey, I'm sorry. It will never happen again. Here are some flowers. Mm-hmm. Let me open the door for you, okay? So he is now mm-hmm. regrooming. Right there in the center of this cycle, we have the victim this innocent victim who yes. uh, is thinking about how much she loves him, right, mm-hmm. and, and how mm-hmm. hopeful she is that he won't do this anymore, okay? Right. Well, she's dreaming about having that relationship with him that she had on the first night, the first mm-hmm. month, the second mm-hmm. month. Remember, those are the times when he was grooming, right, the possibility right. of having that really good relationship, that wholesome relationship, okay? Right. And then she's in, she's in denial, okay? Uh, she is thinking, um, you know, perhaps this really isn't who he is, right? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. He said this won't happen anymore, and so I'm going to believe him. Why? Because I'm emotionally attached. And then we have to look at fear. Uh, she is absolutely, all of us mm-hmm. should be fearful, Right, whether we are being abused or not, if we know someone who is being abused, we should be fearful for her. Right. Okay. So right. fear sets in. Okay. 
And so that's her cycle, okay? Mm-hmm. Love, hope, dreams, possibility, denial, and fear. And his cycle is seduction, tension building, violation, and explosion. Then we go around and around and around, okay? It's, it's that circle, right? right? What, what the circle breaks, nobody knows. Right, right, because it right. just goes round. We don't know where the circle started. We don't know where it ends. It just goes round and round, round, and, round, and, round. and round and round. And so right. does the abuse. Mm-hmm. Wow. And going back to that tension building, um, I thought about jealousy. When mm-hmm. he's when he's jealous, and sometimes women uh, may mistake that. We may mistake that as oh, he's, he's just being protected, or oh, he really cares. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case. That's not always the case. Mm-hmm. And, and no. it's something that we have to be mindful of when we see that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And also within that tension uh, building stage, it's like the victim is literally walking on eggshells. She doesn't right. know what he's going to do next. Right, mm-hmm. she has seen it. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know what he's going to do next, so she is walking literally on on eggshells, being hopeful wow. that it won't happen again. That explosion, that tension building, doesn't happen again. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, often, um, we those on the outside mm-hmm. tend to ask the victim. Why are you staying? Why don't you mm-hmm. just leave? Mm-hmm. But it's easier said than done. And that is something mm-hmm. that I learned during your presentation. Okay. Why is it, so why is it easier said, why don't you, or asked, why don't you leave, or, or why are you staying? Why is it, why is that easier said than done? Wow, yeah. That's um, another good question. Um, it's easier for any of us to say, just walk away, okay? Wow. However, we're not living in that household where that abuse is happening, okay? Wow. If we keep in mind that her circle is replete with love, being hopeful, um, mm-hmm. those dreams, um, the possibility that is going to uh, desist, uh, that denial and that fear, that's her life, okay? Right. And so right. when we say, why doesn't she leave, um, we are being logical. That's a good question, mm-hmm. but it's not the best question for her, okay, because yeah. she has been wounded. Yeah. And so we have to begin to understand that domestic violence, again, is a pattern, okay? Mm-hmm. And it initiates with grooming. And so she's not going to be able to see what we see, right? See the need right, to right. come out of that relationship for safety purposes. She thinks perhaps, hey, if I leave, he has told me that he's going to keep the kids. He mm-hmm. has told me that I'm ugly. He has told right. me that don't nobody else want me. Okay, so right. she has inevitably begun to believe those things. Okay, right. and so we have to look at domestic violence 
from a broader uh, perspective as opposed to a, a tunnel vision. Why doesn't she get out of there? Girl, if that yeah. was me, honey, he wouldn't do that mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. It's easier said than done, right? Right. Um, because, right. again, we have to keep in mind that there is a grooming process. And as I've stated, I, I think it's important for us to continue to state that it didn't happen on the first date, y'all. It right. didn't, right. and it doesn't, and right. it won't happen on the first date, okay? Right, right. Yeah. You, you, you have six, you said uh, six months to a year that you, you've been yeah. living in this honeymoon phase. Mm-hmm. And now yeah, all of a sudden, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And and she becomes fearful of him. You know. Exactly. Yeah. And because he tends to isolate her from family and friends, he knows exactly what he's doing, and that's why we say domestic violence is preventable, because it is yeah. a choice. He chooses yeah. to, to say to her. Hey, baby, you don't have to work anymore. Well, what they're mm-hmm. doing is allowing her to depend solely on him financially. Right, right, right. Wow. Um, you mentioned that um, previously. Um, mm-hmm. Let me see. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, the question. Again, you know, why doesn't she leave? But people don't ask, hmm. why does the offender batter? Hmm. Yeah. Why Why do you think this, this question is rarely asked of the offender? Why, why are you abusing her? Instead yeah. of asking, why don't you leave? Why are you, offend, why are you abusing? Yeah. I appreciate that question um, because um, that's where it starts, right? It starts with him making that informed decision that he is going to groom. He is setting her up, okay? So what we do know is one of the reasons that domestic violence happens is because uh, society has said, hey, it's okay. Society has not held offenders accountable, okay? Right. I know that we're listening from across the country. Um, However, Mm -hmm. specifically in the state of Tennessee, um, there are laws that won't allow domestic violence cases to be felonious offenses. In other words, they get off easy with a misdemeanor, 1129 probation, okay? An 1129 mm-hmm. sentence, okay? And in the right. state of Tennessee, uh, anyone who is sentenced at 1129 or even feloniously, uh, they have to serve at least 30% of their sentence um, if they mm. have been convicted and sentenced, okay? And so you're right. looking at 30% of an 1129 sentence where a, a man, he did hit her on the first date and she called 911. So mm-hmm. we have got to educate our judges, educate yeah. our ministers, educate yeah. the church about how we are not holding offenders accountable. 
That's right. one of the reasons that they tend to abuse. The second reason is it works. Domestic violence works. Domestic violence wow. is preventable. However, domestic violence works. How do we know it works? Wow. Because the victim is afraid, okay? She's yes. afraid yes. Um, what to say or do, and she has to think about what surviving. He knows that because he has done what groomed her, okay? Right. And then as I right. say that, you know, the third one is it's a choice. Offenders choose to use violence to control their intimate partners including children and other family members, it is a choice. Mm. So when, when someone doesn't ask, hey, why is the offender battering? These are your reasons. Right. Because society says it's okay because they're not going to hold offenders accountable. Domestic violence works, although it is preventable. And, of course, it's a choice. Okay? Yeah. It, it, it's yeah. a choice. And the offender chooses uh, to offend Right. I I have I have more to say, but I, I know our time our time is winding up. This uh, this, this this topic, um, like I said, is such an important topic, and mm-hmm. there's a, a plethora of information uh, and mm-hmm. resources that that would be um, beneficial. But um, one question I do want to ask. And it goes back to why is, why is she staying? Um, mm-hmm. What are the most dangerous times for a victim, and why are they considered dangerous? Yeah, another good question, Kelly. You are really on these questions, and I appreciate it so very much because uh, these questions um, have answers, and hopefully if there's someone out there that. Um, is hearing us uh, can be able to understand uh, this uh, this pattern uh, and that this domestic violence is preventable and that it is a choice. So um, right. when we look at the most dangerous time for a domestic violence victim to leave, what we do know is that a victim tries to leave at least seven times before she permanently leaves. Mm-hmm. I want you to hear me again. At least seven yeah. times before she permanently leaves. Now, wow. 75% of domestic violence homicides occur when the victim is in the process of leaving or has left the battle. Wow. 75% of all domestic violence homicides occur when the victim is in the process of leaving. So if she is on her seventh time trying to get out of there permanently, right. she is risking her life. That's why wow. we shouldn't ask that question, girl, why, why don't you just leave? Mm-hmm. Right? Because uh-huh. here we have research and data that shows us that 75% of all domestic violence homicides occur when the victim is in the process of leaving. A victim wow. attempts to leave seven times permanently, permanently. Now, what that simply means, I hope that you all are following me, is that yes. sometimes that ends in death. It ends in her yes. murder. 
Okay, wow. that's why we need to continue to have these kinds of discussions and, and bring right. awareness right. about this important topic uh, so that we can help those who we believe are in situations that uh, they need to get out of. Right, right. So having said that, how can victims get out of domestic violence situations and survive? Yeah, another good question. Um, It's a challenge. I I wouldn't uh, dare tell anyone, hey, it's the easiest thing to do. All you got to do is get out. No, no, no. It's a challenge because one of the things that we have to recognize, again, is that he, the abuser, the offender, has groomed, okay? First of all, she feels emotionally trapped, okay? Uh, She's Mm -hmm. thinking uh, she has no way else to live, okay? She doesn't want to break up her family. She honestly believes he will change, okay, that possibility Mm -hmm. within that cycle, okay? She's afraid of him. She lacks support of her family and friends. Why? Because he has isolated her intentionally, deliberately, willfully, purposefully, isolated her from her family. Right. Then she begins to think that she provoked it. She's responsible for it, that she deserves this, okay? Mm. Um, she may not realize that it's abuse, okay? Particularly yeah. uh, little girls and little boys who grow up in domestic violence homes, they think mm-hmm. it's normal, and the cycle mm. continues when they become adults, okay? Again, another reason for us to have this important uh, conversation here, okay? So right. Uh, right. there are situations for uh, survival, but we have to be careful that we are providing the right kind of information to domestic violence victims. If not, we could easily aid them in their murder, and we don't want to do that. Okay, we want to be extremely supportive. We want to believe them. We do not want to blame the victims. We do not want to blame the victims. Okay, that's right. I will stand on my ground to say it's never the victim's fault. I don't care what she has done, what she hasn't done, it's never the victim's fault. And so we should never. Victim blame. We should be supportive and encouraging. What do you need me to do? Should be the question to uh, the victim who you believe is in this situation. And here's another piece. If a domestic violence victim confides in you, sisters or brothers, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. please, please do not go around telling everybody what she told you. She is confiding in you because if it gets back to him, the batterer, okay, who could be a prominent brother in the church, we have to keep this real, okay? It could be. What are we going to do with that information? What is he going to do now that he's exposed? So we have to be very careful. We have to approach it as gingerly as possible and and ensure her that help is available. Help is available. And not only is help available, but hope is available as well. And we have a 1-800 number for crime victims of domestic violence. The call is the National Domestic Violence Hotline number. 
It's available mm-hmm. 24-7 in all different languages, okay? And I want to make sure, Kelly, that I leave the telephone number with you. It's 1-800-799-7233. 1-800-799-SAFE, S-A-F-E. 7233 are the last four of the hotline number. One more time, 1-800-799-7233, the National Domestic Violence Hotline number. So if you know of anyone who is in a situation, if you are the person who is in the situation and you don't know how to get out, please call the National Domestic Violence Hotline. We have got to know that we can't fix this. Right. We can't just go into the house and say, she's coming out of there. No, let her have the domestic violence hotline number. You have professionals who are standing by who know exactly what to say and what to do to aid uh, domestic violence victims in getting to a safe place. Okay. We have shelters all across the country uh, readily available and accessible to receive domestic violence victims so that they can get out of that situation. But it has to be done professionally. Okay. Well, Tina, I I truly thank you. Thank you so much this is um, over already, for the information. Kelly. Thank the Lord. Yes, ma'am. We got it. <laughs> we, got, we have three minutes. I'm like, uh, that. that's why I was saying it. There's so much information um, that, that can be shared, but I, I definitely uh, uh, appreciate you uh, tonight, and I thank the Lord for uh, this opportunity and this forum uh, to be yeah. able to, to share with our listeners. Um, but as we end can, tonight's can show... I, can, yeah, yes. can I just say just one thing? I know we got a couple of minutes. Yes, ma'am. I, I wanted to talk a little bit about how domestic violence impacts children, okay, real yes. quickly. And yeah. what we know is that when children witness domestic violence within the home, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. there is a very strong risk factor that it will transmit over into the adulthood from one generation yeah. to the next. That's why we have got to do our part in ending domestic violence, okay? Janet Reno, who was the first U.S. attorney, under President Bill Clinton's administration, she simply said, as I can, she simply said that if you want to combat crime on the street, we've got to combat right. crime in the home because it That's starts right. in the home. One of the reasons we have so much crime on the street is because there is so much crime in our home, and we can do better. That's right. That's right. Thank you for bringing that out because that is the question that I wanted to ask. Um, as we end tonight's show, additional information on domestic violence can be found stated on national. Uh, I'm sorry, on a National Coalition Against Domestic Violence website at ncadv.org. Um, and as Tina stated, if you or someone you know is a victim yeah. of domestic violence, there are yeah. resources available to help. National mm-hmm. Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233 or mm-hmm. National Dating Abuse Helpline at mm-hmm. uh, 
I want to thank the Lord for the opportunity to share another yeah. important conversation with you. I want to thank Brother Stevie B for allowing a talk with my sisters to be a part of What a Word from the Lord radio show. As I've stated before, this show was not designed for me to do it alone, but rather to share a conversation with my sisters. So having said that, I want to thank you, Tina, once again uh, for the information that you provided and for your expertise. I do pray that this has been beneficial to all those who are listening. Uh, If you would like to be a guest on future shows, please feel free to email me at atalkwmsisters at gmail.com. Again, that's atalkwmsisters at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and I'll turn it over to Brother Stevie B. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show.
from the Lord Radio Show. God, I thank you for all blessings from all Smile and then I lift my hands and sigh. 
God, please use me every day of 